Welcome to the ENA Podcast. At the Fall Regional Symposium on day one, and I'm here with Darlene Williams and Chaplain Steve from Orlando Health. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, Darlene and Steve, you were part of a presentation this morning uh, relating to the response and recovery from the Pulse nightclub shooting. Before we get too much into that, uh, Darlene, tell me a little bit about your background and your time uh, as an emergency nurse. Um, well, I've been an emergency nurse since 1983, and I started my career pre-hospital. I worked. Um, our department prior to that, and um, I've worked uh, mainly in uh, uh, emergency departments. I have worked a little in ICU, but that wasn't me. I like the chaos and, and adrenaline from the emergency department, so I've been in ED for 35 years. And how long have you been a member of ENA? Um, since I've been working in the emergency department. I joined, that was one of the things that was recommended by a colleague when I first started in the ED, was to get involved with ENA, and I have been actively involved at the local, state, national level my entire career. Okay. Chaplain Steve, tell me a little bit about your role and, and what you do at Orlando Health. Uh, I'm one of the chaplains uh, that's assigned to our emergency department uh, at uh, Orlando Regional Medical Center. I've uh, been there coming up now on uh, entering my 12th year. Uh, prior to that, I was in the uh, church side of ministry. But uh, I, I work alongside uh, the uh, clinical team there as part of the integrative uh, team to take care of patients and families and, and the staff uh, in our trauma center. Okay. So your presentation this morning titled One Saturday Night is about the Pulse nightclub shooting, which uh, was a little bit more than two years ago. Unfortunately, we are the morning after another mass shooting uh, in this country. Tell me a little bit about why you put together this presentation, why it was important to put this presentation together. Well, um, a few months after Pulse happened, um, Kathy Fox from Virginia, who's an active ENA member, called me for the Southeastern Seaboard Symposium to do a presentation. And I'm like, well, I'm not sure I want to. I don't know that I can. And I went to the hospital to talk. Um, I needed to have permission to do that. And they had a prepared presentation that they were willing to give me and I could do it. And when I saw what they had created, it wasn't ED specific, where doing the presentation for SES would be ED specific. So as I started to go through it, it was clear to me that I couldn't do it by myself. And um, I worked so closely with Chaplain Steve in the ED. And I know his team is invaluable uh, in our department. So I asked him if he would collaborate with me on it, and um, we proceeded to take the original hospital presentation um, apart, use components of it, but made it ED specific to, to reflect what happened and what we had done and so forth. So that's how we got started, because Kathy approached me to share. So having seen the presentation today, there's a couple different components that I picked up on. One, it's really the sort of the nuts and bolts. Here's how it happened in real time, essentially, with your timeline for the people that were there that night, and then sort of what's happened since then. Um, you know, one of the things that struck me is really how something like this it manifests in so many different ways. It's not just about ambulances rolling in. This was this was the chaos that you talked about that comes out of an ED, but this is a little bit different because Pulse was very close to your facility. A half a mile away, and, and because of the close proximity and the active shooting incident, EMS couldn't go in there and take care of patients. There was one crew from Orlando Fire that did transport 13 patients, but again, it wasn't in an organized way like they normally would, uh, assessing and starting lines and so forth. Um, they just basically um, got as many people as they could in the back of their vehicle and came to the emergency department. So it, it was um, uh, all presented uh, without having had the benefit of our EMS colleagues intervening first. 
one of the other things that really jumped out at me was a photo that you have later in the presentation that shows the staff in November of 2015 participating in a drill, standing in the driveway. And next to that is a photo from June 12, 2016, where staff is standing in the driveway waiting for patients to arrive. Um, talk about the preparedness because that is certainly a theme throughout this and the results are evidence that prepare, preparing for something like this does make a difference. Well, that November 2015 drill was an active shooter drill, which was so ironic that you know, we had it in, in June. But um, we have an emergency preparedness department and we run the drills like Joint Commission requires and so forth. And our emergency preparedness people take it very seriously and have always tried to get us involved, but we're all like, yeah, whatever. Um, but after Pulse, now it's a whole different thing. And we've even evolved um, into doing, um, we do mock alerts every Monday and um, do quarterly uh, mini MCIs to help prepare. So we've learned so much from Pulse and are using what we learned during our mocks to continue to improve. So on October 18th, we had our own little mini MCI that came in um, five trauma alerts came in less than an hour, and it was amazing. The smooth things that occurred in the trauma room reminded me so much of what we had learned from Pulse. So the clinical side and the preparedness side was definitely one part of it. Uh, Chaplain, you also play a role in this. Describe a little bit about what the chaplaincy at the hospital, what their role is on a day-to-day -day basis, but then when something of this magnitude happens. On a day-to-day -day basis, uh, a lot of our role is uh, facilitating and, and maintaining the connections between the families and their patients and their loved ones and helping them navigate. Uh, we have a very large hospital, um, level one trauma center, stroke center, cardiac center. And, and so sometimes when things happen quickly uh, with the patients, it's easy for the, the family members to kind of feel lost or not know where to go. And so we journey with them and walk with them through those times to help uh, maintain those connections. In the emergency department, when these things happen, we, we work uh, specifically with the clinical team walking alongside of them uh, to help identify who the patient is, identify the family, make the initial contacts, uh, reunite the patients and their families, and, and help the medical staff um, to be able to update the families and to be able to receive the information from the families. So we, we do a lot of uh, facilitating connections and community uh, in the hospital. And they do a lot of support to the staff as well. Yes. Well, that was another question uh, that I was going to ask. When we're talking about the staff, I mean, there are the residual victims of something like this because there are the people who are injured or, or, or worse in something like this. There are their families who are suffering. But there are the staff members who see a progression of, of trauma on the day-to-day -day basis, but then something of this magnitude comes through. So self-care was something that was brought up, both PTSD but also just sort of understanding the delicacy that people you know, face after something like this. Talk about it from, from both of your perspectives, darling, first from your role. How important was it to kind of keep an eye on staff members who went through this and make sure that their needs were going to be met? And then, Chaplain, you can talk a little bit about how you can really execute those things and maybe what some lessons can be learned for other departments who maybe don't have the same sort of chaplaincy program. Uh, I don't know what we would do without the chaplains, but from, from my perspective, the um, post-traumatic dealing with this was a lesson for me, um, the highest lesson I learned and, and where I see it every day now. Um, mm -hmm. we're, even when we're not seeing uh, MCIs, we have patients that, they're, that are critically ill or injured and, and so forth. And, and I, I watched for the effects um, on our team members and even our EMS colleagues. So we had a bad burn patient one day and from across the room, I could see that that paramedic was so impacted by that. And, and talked with his lieutenant and talked with Chaplain Steve and, 
and we can do an intervention for them right away. So I've learned to recognize it more and that, that we can't let it go, that you need to do something about it. Because if we're going to continue to work in an in a, um, environment where you face that every day, it doesn't have to be an MCI every day. Just mm-hmm. your, your code, your, your precipitous delivery can all bring intense emotions. So you need to have the support. So the organization needs to have it in place. And um, we're so blessed and lucky to have our chaplains to do that. And I think it really is, as Darlene said, an organizational approach. It really has to come from the, the top levels of the organization to invest in that support. Uh, we're, we're lucky and blessed at uh, the hospital where we have a, a team of 20 chaplains that uh, ensure the hospital is covered 24 hours a day, seven days a week in-house with uh, someone to uh, provide for those needs for the staff, for the patients, and for the family. So it, it does really start at the uh, uh, level of, of administrative level to to invest in that and, and appreciate that. The pause. Oh. Um, Something that the chaplains do that is so helpful at the end of a bed. It doesn't even have to be a bed. It doesn't have to be a bed. A yeah. code or a difficult situation. Tell we, me. We, we, we lead what we call a pause after... Uh, Usually it's after a cardiac arrest that uh, the resuscitation efforts uh, were not successful and and, the patient's been pronounced. Uh, That's a significant event. Um, That's, that's, uh, from my role as a chaplain, that's also a sacred event. Um, But uh, we we pause a moment with the clinical team at the bedside and and we have a moment of silence and and we recognize what has happened, what what has transpired. Uh, And we recognize that individual who is somebody's child, somebody's parent, somebody's sibling. You know, this is a human being. This is a life that has you know, sadly, tragically, unexpectedly died, despite our efforts. Uh, and, and we thank the staff for everything that they uh, tried to do uh, in an effort uh, to save the individual's life. But we do a, a pause uh, just to help folks take a moment to kind of put themselves back together again before facing other patients and other cases. It's, it's very demanding on our staff to move from patient to patient to patient to patient, you know, in, in that rapid fire environment of an emergency department that when something significant like that happens, we need to recenter ourselves. Your presentation today, informative in the sense that I'm watching the audience and they're taking screenshots of your slides about different aspects of your planning, your preparedness, even the statistics of, of certain yeah. things that you, you raised today. There's also a lot of emotion in the audience, yes. people who are moved by the stories of your patients, moved by the stories from your staff. You've done this presentation a number of times. How emotional, I'll start with you, Darlene, how emotional is it for you to go up and do this? I, I don't get the sense that this is routine for you to do it. Well, we have done this multiple times to different audiences, and I have to admit that today seemed more impactful. And I don't know whether it's because of what happened last night in California um, or uh, I'm doing it to emergency nurses who are colleagues. We've done it to, to audiences like OR nurses who, who don't know um, what we actually do. But it just seemed more impactful this morning. And I, I think that one of the goals that I have um, in participating in doing this presentation as many times as we have is, is to share what we learned um, not only logistically on how to work through a situation clinically that way, but to make sure we take care of ourselves. Because I think that was one lesson I learned personally is I had post-traumatic, even though I wasn't there at two in the morning when this was happening and what I came into and 
and so forth. But um, it brought back memories of 30 years of trauma patients for me. And, and it is a cumulative effect that happens to emergency nurses. Um, we're extraordinary people, and we're so busy taking care of other people that we don't take care of ourselves. So I think doing this presentation is kind of cathartic for me. Um, I, I can reflect what's happened, and, and I, I think I heal from it. And I think I appreciate Darlene inviting me to come along as, as one of the chaplains in there because it is uh, in, in some ways healing and, and cathartic as, as we tell our own stories and the impact of it, it, it kind of releases some of that uh, tension and some of that energy. Today was more emotional for me as well. I've, I've discovered in, in my own processing of this, uh, the first ones that we did weren't quite as emotionally impacting. I'm, I'm discovering the more times we do this, there is a little bit more emotional impact and, and connection and draw from that. And so that's a, an interesting dynamic that I, I noticed myself. There are a lot of vivid moments uh, throughout this that I think resonate with the audience because they can place themselves in your shoes. So when you talked about walking into yeah. the, the room with all the phones that are going off and how that struck you so deeply because you understood what that meant as a parent and as a grandparent, um, that's going to stick with a lot of people, I think. Yeah. But in terms of the, you know, from the practical side, you know, the educational side, um, what are some things that you hope that people who are there today, were there today, can walk away with, and people who weren't there, some things that they can think about within the context of their own EDs, based off of what you've experienced and what you talked about today. The importance of community, the importance of really working together with one another and supporting one another and watching over one another. And actively participating yes. in drills and taking it serious. Yeah. Is there ever going to be a point in time where you think all departments move forward in a direction that you guys have where the drills are such a regular piece? I mean, there are a lot of things I'm sure you see in your career that it took time for it to take hold. Do you think this is one of those things that will eventually start to take hold because people realize it can happen in your facility? Well, like we said in one of the slides, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Is, is uh, unfortunately our society is such that that mass shootings or uh, MCIs of any form are going to take place, and and if you're not prepared, uh, then it, it makes it more difficult for you as a healthcare provider and and, and lesser outcomes for your patients. So, it, and it doesn't have to be necessarily a a, a shooting or something like that. It could be a, a natural disaster, tornado. tornadoes or, or hurricanes or. Or something that happens where you know, your hospital is suddenly thrust into a, a position where you have a mass intake that you have to process it, you have to provide care for, ministry to, and, and, and helping those patients and their families stay connected in that process. So for anybody who wasn't here today, if they're interested in learning a little bit more about your presentation, uh, what's the best way that people can, you know, can reach out to you to ask questions or maybe they want to make some changes in their, their department and they want to learn a little bit more? What's the best way they can reach out to you? Um, I, I'm willing to share so much of what we do on the mock alerts. I just did the all mocked up at the national ENA meeting in, in Pennsylvania. And, um, I've had multiple people who attended that presentation and that's based on what we learned from pulse and things that I, I do every Monday. And, um, but go, I can be contacted through my hospital email mm -hmm. okay. and, um, yep. I don't know if you, you can share that. Yeah. Okay. It's darlene.williams at orlandohealth.com. It's just Darlene is spelled unusual. It's D-A-R-L-E-E-N dot Williams at OrlandoHealth.com. Very good. Well, I appreciate both of you taking some time if, to talk with us. If I Jeff, can mention one more, yeah. thing, the one thing that we didn't mention in the uh, presentation, um, Orlando Health did put together a free ebook resource. Okay. 
based on our, our experience from all the various folks involved, from surgery to ancillary teams to ED teams and everything. And that can be found on the Orlando Health website. Uh, the think, disaster uh, preparedness. Disaster preparedness, I think. So if you Google Orlando Health Pulse book or something like that, um, there there is a, a resource that, that our hospital, our, our healthcare system put together for other hospitals to kind of look at what each of the departments themselves faced uniquely related to Pulse and, and how that changed them and how that has affected their future plans. Yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up. I think that sounds like a great resource in addition to everything you talked about today. I appreciate you both uh, taking a little extra time with us uh, after your presentation this morning to, to join us. Uh, share this with some members who, who weren't able to be with us here in Florida. Uh, so I thank you, Darlene. I thank you, Chaplain Steve, for uh, spending some time with us. Uh, once again, this is Dan Campaign in Orlando at the ENA Fall Regional Symposium, and we'll talk to you next time. Read more about the Fall Regional Symposium in the January issue of ENA Connection. Mark your calendars for April 25th and 26th as ENA hosts its Spring Regional Symposium in Seattle. Stay tuned to ENA on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for more details on our next regional education event.